from there. I um, everything then became sort of a obsession with boxing. Um, yeah. Uh, the, you know, I went to Ernie McQuillan's gym that was just around the corner and uh, we had the, the likes of Les Harvard, Billy Moran a wow. great mate Billy Marsden who lives out your way I believe or did um, he was very yeah. very uh, very helpful mm. um, time came to, uh, to pick up a, a college for the balance of my education I picked the Christian Brothers St Mary's College at uh, the Cathedral simply because they had a Boxing as part of their uh, sports, uh, mm-hmm. uh, sports, uh, well, sports program, for want of a better word, uh, did that. Um, managed to win, managed to win a college championship, which uh, you know was about my only claim to fame. Uh, <laughs> sort of um, left school, still obsessed with boxing. By this time, I was collecting autographs and photos and mm. all that sort of rubbish. Um, had a couple of them in the fights, but. Um, Sparring in the gym at Ernie's as I got older made me realise I wasn't going to be God's next great gift of the fight game. So, uh, you know, I, I virtually gave it away. I was trying to do too many things at the time. I was, you know, a bit more ability in track and field athletics and had a bit of moderate success there. Uh, but boxing was always my sort of hobby, my, yeah. my main interest. Okay, moving along. You were part of the New South Wales Boxing Authority. Please tell us how that came about. Um, there were a lot of, lot of problems in uh, in the sport uh, prior to the government becoming involved. Uh, there was the ANBF had tried to uh, form a regulatory body and control the sport, but uh, you know some of the guys would join the moment they couldn't get their own way. They had to start up another another body and uh, things got a little bit hairy there at one stage and, mm-hmm. uh, great referee Billy Miles had nothing really to do with the, the arguments in boxing but um, he had a shotgun put through his uh, through his house window and uh, was very lucky that it didn't take out his, uh, his good yeah. lady but um, he uh, was the sports minister at the time called a public meeting um, I was in the ANBF at the time and had a, had a, got a big crowd and uh, Sort of jump, always been, you know, wanting to jump up and have a word. Yeah. Um, I got an invitation afterwards to um, be a part of the uh, the advisory committee. That ran for about six years. I, I missed the opening meeting yeah. because of uh, business engagement, but um, I don't think I missed too many more after that. Trevor King was the first uh, chairman, um, but um, his, he was a minister and um, his, his uh, duties in that area sort of prevented him from. Carrying on, uh, I got elected chairman. It ran for about another five years. We still couldn't put anything together that, from the ANBF's point of view, that that uh, would bring the bring the sport into a into, into a bit of control. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the decision was taken by this time. Mike Cleary was the uh, minister for sport and probably the the best minister for sport as, as in regards to boxing that uh, we ever had. Mm-hmm. And um, the authority was uh, was formed. And I think overall we went counting the advisory committee. I was there at the start, and I was there at the uh, there at the finish. You still we had a lot of good, a lot of good people, there. mate. Um, you sure? Billy Miles, Kenny yeah. Pedler, John Hunter, uh, John oh, uh, uh, Joey Donovan was allowed yeah. to be on it, even though he was an amateur. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah. Uh, Dave Granger, who is still um, still on it today, yeah. we had Harris Morass for a short period of yeah. time, and uh, um, I think he's worth. <laughs> Well known throughout the industry for his knowledge, mm. but um, that's it, how it came to pass. Uh, what 
finally brought them off. They've already to an end. They created the combat sports and that's when the problem started. <laughs> yeah, is it fair to say that New South Wales boxing was regarded as not only the best in Australia but one of the best in the world with peoples like Billy, Billy Males and yourself? Mate, it, it was. It was. Uh, it I mean, I know that answer. We have that high regard. We had world championships and the, 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 the various bodies around the world. They had, <clears throat> I mean, they had uh, rules that had to be uh, adhered to for a world yeah. title. Um, and we were able to work out a compromise and um, they went on, the world title fights went on um, we were we were appraised at one stage of being the equivalent of the Nevada Boxing Commission and the British Boxing Water Control. Mm-hmm. That's how much regard we had yeah. because the people in the authority were knew the industry, mm-hmm. you know, inside and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know that that was the case right through. Uh, they needed to the government needed to felt they needed to separate and be in combat sports and. My dying day, I, I cannot regard boxing as, as a as a martial art. So it's it's a, it's a combat sport, mm. but boxing is a unique sport in its own identity. Mm. That's, um, that's, that's the way that I saw it, mate. Yeah, John, looking at what it is in place now with the New South Wales Combat Sports Board, it must be very sad that now something so good has become so bad. Well, the very, the very fact that you've asked that question, Paul, I mean, I realise that you're, you're hearing the same uh, the same complaints as uh, we do in the, uh, in the A and the F. Um, I don't want to take up a lot of time on it, but um, to, just to sort of give you a comparison, the, uh, the, the Boxing Authority, when the Boxing Authority, they had uh, four people, it always had four members representing the industry. They had a chairman um, who uh, was a, a, a solicitor, a big city solicitor. Um, he was chairman of the ground control board previously. He knew nothing about boxing, referred to Terry Hartman. He knew nothing about boxing, but <coughs> he didn't have to. He just he just ran the ship, kept the uh, kept the minister for sport out of trouble, kept us legal. Mm-hmm. We had a an inspector level police representative, and we had. <coughs> a nominee of the Sports Medicine Association, and that was Lou Lewis. Yeah. I mean, the best fight doctor, in my opinion, one of the best in the world, mm-hmm. certainly the best mm-hmm. in this country by far. Mm-hmm. And we had that, plus four guys who knew the industry. Those same four guys went and, and did the inspection of the, uh, of the, thing, the gloving, the bandaging, the sitting at ringside, recognising, you know, boxers' skill, where their skill levels were diminishing, who should be looked at, who should be sent for, you know, uh, perhaps uh, uh, more, something more stringent in the way of medical. Mm. Um, we, we, ran, they ran, we ran seminars, we recruited uh, ring officials, they trained ring officials. They did the whole concept. And in a word, they were, we were respected right throughout the industry. That's not to say we didn't yeah. have you know, different individuals who disagreed with us. Yeah. But um, this, uh, you know, uh, at times, but there was always a healthy respect. And the guys in the authority and the government departments, Dave Morland, Tony Batten, Johnny Stathers before that, Greg Waller later on, um, they came out of, you know, they came, Dave, Dave, Dave and Tony and, and Johnny Stathers didn't come out of the boxing industry. Yeah. Craig Waller did. 
Um, he'd been the secretary of the state branch of the ANBF, referee and judge. Uh, he was a black belt in a, in a martial art. Yeah. And he knew and, and he went out, applied for the job. You know, was the outsider in the field. Uh, and uh, I often got the blame for nepotism because he got the job because he was my, my son in law. But I didn't know he did a great um, job. But once he settled in, um, his life is still brought up today. People say, why can't they bring Dave Waller back? You know, he used to take care of all our problems. And yeah. the thing was, the, the industry could ring that office, even in Dave's and, and uh, Johnny Stabbers and uh, Tony Batten's day, and more so later in Craig's, and they could speak to a particular person mm. about their problem. They'd get the answer, uh, if not straight away, within 24 hours. Yeah. Now, sort of, you compare that <clears throat> with the authority that's there today, I couldn't give you a name yeah. to one of the authority. They now only meet every couple of months. Yeah. And um, okay. they're unknown. They're, not, they're yeah. not industry people. They're public servants, ex-public servants, ex-members of parliament. Um, and the department itself has changed. Uh, yeah. The people that, that, are, that are there are very well-meaning. Very, but very interesting. meetings with them. They do not know do not understand the industry mm. that they're trying to regulate. Mm. I hear, you know, very yeah. early this morning, there was a major problem at Cessnock last night. Yeah. I'm sure you, Damn you've heard it as well. Mm-hmm. But there's a classic case. There's, there is, there's no uh, flexibility with them. It's Rule 5, Subsection 6, Clause 3 says you can't do that. Mm. That's the end of the ball game. All right, he's forgot his blue book, and they won't. It's it says you got to bring your blue book, but God, why can't they just go on a computer and see he's all up to date? What it's it's, it's not the first so time far, but mate, so far, but yet so close, you know. Yeah. With the I way I can remember Craig Waller being in the same situation with these things, and he would sit the guy down, you know, rouse him up about not bringing his book, but he knew immediately to get on his computer that there was no reason why mm. the guy. The VAT was approved in the office. The VAT mm-hmm. was approved. Mm. Um, they, uh, you know, the guy hasn't got his book. Um, why they couldn't uh, have some sort of yeah. flexibility where they slip him a <coughs> modest fine and, uh, you know, put him on a warning, but allow the fight to go on. You imagine you're a promoter I'm, Paul I'm getting well, mad just I, sitting here mate Listen, oh. I'm, I'm getting mad look I'm going to move on because I'm yeah. going to move on with the next I, I, Makes me, forever, I, mate, oh, I, I feel fair to promote everyone involved in that show last night mate you can imagine oh. the people that, that came along <clears> paying their money for a main event oh. and there's a, they've got a, a backup type program tonight mm. you can imagine how many people will be discontented from last night yeah. why couldn't they have sort of did what know. Craig used to do Make sure, make sure I've got the medical book on my yeah. office Monday morning, yep. or there'll be a very heavy penalty. He never, ever had one member of the industry let him down. No. I've heard this described by the Department of Sport as, oh, he used to fly by the seat of his pants. Maybe he did fly by the seat of his pants at times, oh, but whatever. he left the industry, the industry <laughs> liked him, and, and that's the way it <clears throat> be done, mate. But yeah. These guys are too, too rigid. I'm moving along because I'm getting mad. Go when the New mate. South Wales Boxing Authority was disbanded and you were elected as president of the Australian National Boxing Federation, please tell us about your time as the ANBF president. They were good years. Well, I, oh, I had yeah. two licks, licks there originally. Yeah. Um, uh, in Jack Reddy's time, I knew Jack, you know, about the time he 
that Lionel Rose come into the gym, and uh, we were great mates. <clears throat> we we went to a, an OPBF meeting in, in Seoul, Korea, which mm-hmm. also brought the British Boxing Board and the Commonwealth Championships Committee and the WBC convention followed. And this was our chance to sort of get get out and get Australia sort of known, for want of a better expression, in Southeast Asia. And um, we, we, we joined the OPBF and convinced the OPBF to change from the OBF to the OPBF. And um, it, uh, that, that immediately gave us access to their title, which at the time um, was probably the, the one big one in Asia. Um, the British Boxing Board have controlled the Commonwealth Championship. No, we never, <coughs> Australia never got a vote. We'd had Commonwealth Champions, British Empire Champions, but we never had a vote at, at, yeah. at level. And the reason why, they said, you've got the, the Secretary and President of the ANBF are trainers. Immediately, Jack, Jack and Letty Swetnam, who was the Secretary, dropped off. Um, I was a Senior Vice President at the time. I came in as President. Frank Quill, and another, another name, oh, and he did a lot, of, a lot of work for Australia in, in boxing. Mm. <coughs> we came in, <coughs> but me, uh, I did about three years, dropped off when I was asked to go on to the, uh, the, the government. Um, was brought, brought back later on when the combat sports or the boxing authority was coming to an end. Was brought back to sort out some problems with the in the treasury side of it, um, and then and, and, uh, was asked to take the uh, the, the presidency. And um, the ANBF, the ANBF had a lot of aims. Um, they did a lot of good. They reached out and got Australia started initially, you know, at world level. We had uh, we. We, one of the many things they did was to push for um, appointed officials, not house officials, to, to make the thing more, more transparent. Um, we we did our, did our best to uh, to improve conditions. That was the main thing that Jack mm-hmm. was interested in in the first place. Better money, break the monopoly that stadiums limited had, create better conditions. Um, you know, in, in regards to expenses and travel and combination yeah. when fighters came into the state. That was the whole aim of the ANBF, and that yeah, was that was as we continued it. But Jack Reddy was the architect yeah. of, the, of the ANBF. Yeah. And uh, like myself, we've had other guys in the, in the president's chair, like Eric Billum, the current chairman, and uh, uh, Charlie Lucas is a long-time senior vice president. Charlie's, and, uh, Charlie like tunes in every, he tunes in every Saturday, Charlie. Dick, Mate, we're moving along. Apart from apart from an official, you also are a historian of the sport. Please tell us about your boxing collection before we go on the, your videos, just quickly. Mate, very quickly. Uh, you know, uh, right from those very early days, sort of, um, uh, <laughs> I got taken at about twelve years of age. Uh, you know, uh, and in those days, you know, we, we were in the war years. Um, boxing was one of the big events. It was it with horse racing was the only sport that ran 12 months of the year. <coughs> Football, cricket had their seasons, but boxing was big. And four papers in Sydney every day, multiple editions. I used to sit around, cut out all the news, paste them up. But um, over the years, I've amassed a collection, or as my good late wife called it, my rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got, I think, virtually every magazine 
Um, you know, since that time, mm-hmm. I've got Ring magazine back to about 1926 or so. Uh, full things. I've got a massive amount of autograph photographs. Yeah. Wow. Uh, gloves, sign gloves, programs. Yeah, mate. Uh, at this stage where uh, really I've got to think seriously at my age, and I hate to say this, but I'm coming up 90, um, I've got to think seriously about about selling it or uh, my kids will just empty it into a dump master. I like the way you say it, Adam. <laughs> Mate, as a fan of the sport, you've met many international boxers. Who are just some of the boxers you've met? Because I know you've met some mate, guns, mate. Yeah, mate, I tell you what, over a long period of time, I had a lot of trips to Panastota, I went to IBF and WBC conventions, sort of all out of, you know, all these things out of your own pocket for interest, for education in the fight game. Yeah. But um, probably the guy that got a, I got you know, uh, particularly friendly with was uh, was Archie Moore. Wow, um, you met Archie Moore. Archie and I corresponded for quite a while. We had a couple of lunches. Joe Frazier was another guy that I'd yeah. put on multiple occasions. And uh, um, he, he, uh, he, you know, he, he go to these things and he'd about like, say, Joe Frazier or Archie Moore. You go to a, go to a convention with also Canastota and you, you mingle and all of a sudden Archie Moore and Joe Frazier comes over to say hello to you and mate like you know uh, yeah. that, that made my day but this would flash a few off the memory Marvin Angler was another guy who mm-hmm. liked, to, liked to chat at these conventions um, I like Jerry Quarry the big mate I think probably or the, the two biggest mates I met Gene Tunney who was out here during Gene the war Tunney, you met him was commander in the uh, in the, yeah. in the, uh, in the uh, I don't know, American Coast Guard or the Navy mm-hmm. Um, I met him at a services tournament. Um, Rocky Marciano, he was out here with a, yeah. with a fighter out, refereed, a, refereed, yes, refereed for a fight. Um, but Muhammad Ali, I met, and the, the annoying part of all this, in those days there weren't uh, cameras uh, built into uh, mobile phones, so nobody had cameras. So yeah. uh, sort of, they, they, were, they were three of the greats that... Um, that I missed all the virtually every Pommy, uh, Buchanan, uh, Jimmy Watt, uh, all those guys, Alan Midad, John H. Crazy, uh, Lennox Lewis, when he was, uh, you know, a couple of years from being the heavyweight champion, um, uh, Frank Maloney, as he was in those days, uh, brought Lennox along, and, um, you know, we knew Frank, and uh, Lennox was, was such a shy, you know, guy in that first place. He's changed from mixing with, the, with, with everybody to join himself years later as a retired heavyweight champion of the world. He was driven into the, into the auditorium, semi outdoor auditorium, driven to the stage, had, a, had an interview, got back, in the, back in, the, in the car and was driven out. He yeah. was, some, for some reason, he didn't like to mix with the fans. But I can give you a name, Samuel Cripples was another great. A great guy, Carmen Basilio. You met Carmen. Uh, you met Carmen Basilio. You met Carmen Basilio as well. Oh, mate! Oh, Carmen Basilio. Unbelievable. Yeah, I tried, tried to be quick. Um, the second year I ever went to Canastota, uh, I sort of was looking to try and get a tour organised of boxing guys that were interested. And Des uh, Bloyd and his son Arnold Thomas, Joey Adard from Queensland. They were the only folks that finished up coming and. Uh, we, we did a boxing trip sort of through all the things that I'd been to places that sort of off the, off the beaten track but you know um, of, of some history in boxing and um, to walk into the Hall of Fame 
and uh, it sort of, you know, up behind me comes Joey, as comes uh, Carmen Basilio, and uh, puts his hand on the shoulder and we can start the weekend. And my, my Aussie mate is back. I mean, why don't he met him and had lunch with them at the golf day yeah. the previous year? What a buzz. Because of the accent, they remembered you. Yeah. I was yeah. a 10 foot tall <laughs> to be recognised by someone as, as great as. Uh, as Carmen, but um, yeah. Hanson, another guy, we stayed in his motel by design. We had a motel down in uh, Fort Lauderdale yeah. and uh, stayed overnight and, uh, you know, um, you know, got autographs. Yeah. Got a, dis- those sort of things. And, you oh. know, I've got a lot of these guys that I've met um, autographed on, yeah. on a couple of Mate, pieces. Time. John, yeah, time's, time's flying here. I'm, yeah, I'm, mate. I'm cutting in here now. This next one, a, a lot of people out there want to know because you have been around for a long time. Who do you regard as the best Australian boxer ever in oh, your it's time? A good way to get you, you know, your front door knocked down, I suppose. But um, you know, we had so many great, great fighters. Um, I've never been a fan of trying to pick out one guy as, as the greatest. I think you can dominate through boxing history. Who were who were the greatest? And, and the name. Name various individuals, but come on, who's your who's your who's your best, John? When I said the Australian Jack Carroll, mate, Jack Carroll, that's the first one that come to mind. Okay, great. Yeah, that I Jeff Fedick, great guy, the most successful. You know, the rest of them, those guys. You know, from that era, Rose Famo, Richards, Palmer, Henry. Yeah, they were all all great fighters. Okay, this next one. I think Jack Carroll was. This next one, you grew up watching fights at the Sydney Stadium. Please tell us what it was like growing up watching fights in the stadium. I hear you wag school a couple of times too, so you could go. Is that true? You wag school a few sorry, times? You, you, wag, you wag school as, as well, so you could line up and get into the stadium? I, uh, I wag school to, uh, to oh, uh, do you have uh, it? sleep outside the, uh, outside the Sydney Stadium in a long queue to buy a ticket to the, yeah. uh, the Burns Patrick fight. Yeah, and, uh, wow. The, the paper the next morning... Read a, read a photograph of the crowd um, out, you know, sleeping outside the stadium to, uh, to, to get, a, get a seat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it wasn't open until about 10 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock or whatever. So still was out of the question, but I got sprung because they were there on the front page of the paper the next morning was quite distinctly me, uh, you know, <laughs> at the stadium at 9 or 9.30 in the morning in the queue to, uh, to buy a ticket. But yeah, would have been a buzz. If I had a John, if I had a time, if I had a time machine, I would go back to the Sydney Stadium days and see who was there fighting. Oh, right. I can remember like the bleachers were fenced off from the terraces, who were sectionalised off from outer ringside and the ringside, and you know, uh, even behind the wire, it, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole atmosphere, the, yeah. the, and the fighters. You know, there was no delay with fighters. The fights just bang, 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 one after the other. Yeah. The second fight was was at the, in sitting in the in the ringside seats or the press side mm. seats uh, before the last <coughs> the, the last fight finished. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that 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 was it. They were in out in out. What could you what could you buy at the stadium for food back in them days? What, could you buy a hot dog and pie? What what, what was a? God no, mate, no. What what, what, what you know, could the you? The boats struggled around to sell. Uh, 
struggle around to sell, uh, you know, peanuts. That was, was all there was to it. Was it no beer? Uh, could you go to a bar and get a beer? Could, Down in Ringside, you might have been able to get something better. Yeah. But on a 10-minute break before Just the main... peanuts, and God. And half the stadium would whip across to the West Brothers Bay Hotel <laughs> and be on a quick steer and yeah. come back. But yeah. um, I had a Sydney Stadium. I had, I had you know, a couple of my colleagues bout, the colleagues bout before the Sydney Stadium. And, uh, you know, when I, <laughs> I was pretty useless. And, as I said, the yeah. Tots, but to get in that ring and, uh, and, and take it, I thought the Sydney Stadium ring was fantastic. But... And quickly closing, I remember sitting up there as a young kid and I used to look around the press seats and the various personnel, the police, the doctor, the Harry Miller and those guys. What a great thrill it would be to sit that close to the fights. Never dreaming that years later, you know, you I'd be in be. that situation you know, wow. uh, with the ANBF and with the, uh, with the boxing authority. Yeah, well. Okay, in 2009, John, you were inducted in the Australian Boxing Hall of Fame. That must have been a great, great honour. Mate, it was not only an honour, it, it was a big surprise because previously that I'd, I'd helped Gus Mercurio, uh, you know, do a, do a couple of the introductions for the, for the Hall of Fame and, and and they never used to be released till the night. I remember going to uh, our fight show and I mean, probably might have been one of yours and... Uh, a couple of folks come up and say, oh, congratulations, you're in the Hall of Fame. I said, no, 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 no. I, I made the list. I, you know, I've got on the list, you know, which used to go out to the judges. I'm on the list. That's, you know, I'm not in it. I don't announce that till the night. And that was my ass came along and said the same thing. I said, oh, I was sort of, you know, so many five. And um, I still told him the same. And he said, you know, um, is Dwayne Waters, you know, going, going to get him again this year? I said, yeah. He's been strongly nominated, yes. Uh, anyway, I've got a lot of stories out there. Uh, but McCormick rang me the next morning, and uh, uh, honestly, uh, you know, to be told and then to, to be uh, inducted in the, in the Hall of Fame with so many people. Would have been a great honour, John. I, I, I'll be honest, I, I thought, and I said, I think at the time, that um, uh, there, were, there were blokes that I thought should have been there ahead of me. Yeah, no, stop yeah, it, John. I, I, I you, you, you got inducted, mate, because you deserve to be. Now, time's flying here. Well, yeah, so I'm cu- people tell me that I, I was just so humble, mate, to be, uh, and, uh, and so thrilled to be, oh. uh, you know, inducted with the, with the, the greats is, of, of, the, of the active participants. It was yeah. Absolutely. Leave me right away, mate, really. I bet it did. Now, I've got some good questions coming up here. I'm going to step in with my left jab here, mate. What's some <laughs> of the funny moments that have stood out in the sport? That well, you've witnessed. I'll give you a funny moment that uh, involved Paul Nazari. Uh, oh. I remember um, the oh. way in that uh, <laughs> the way in that Reesby workers probably oh. a final fight with. God, Steve I can't Bauer. believe you're bringing this <laughs> up. Mate, uh, <laughs> it, you know, uh, for the listeners' point of view, oh, um, there was a stage. The scales were on, and the boys with the plims and the hangers on, and the the, uh, the guys that, that come along, and um, you had a trainer, Freddie Braddock, great old guy, and middleweight champion in his day and um, he said to Paul, I said to you mate hop on the scales Paul and um, you know just check your weight before the official oh, I got tears in my eyes and uh, you said oh mate I, I weighed in and home he said, uh, you, said uh, you know I'm, I'm squeak I'm, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to I won't have any trouble so pretty persistent and I'm standing on the stage doing the weigh in and he'll up on the stage Freddie's watching so I gently dropped my foot onto the scale and you you 
You shot up in you shot up in weight, boy. By a few pounds. I went sixty three. I went. I can. I went sixty three. Freddie's got you. Tell a story. Yep. Sorry. Mate, Freddie went off his brain. He accused you of going out, playing up and drinking, and not the uh, and not not you know it would be a big chance. And you know, sort of look at him saying, but, but mate. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I was right on the limit. You well, bastard. You bastard. You bastard. You were the only two guys in the room. But, um, and I, I thought to myself, you know, well, you know, maybe I've got to come good here. And so, why don't you have another try? Paul, it might have been, you know, just something in the scale. And of course, you've been on and made the weight. And I had to confess why it was. Well, you sort of buddy, so I'm with an old friend. He didn't even have jumped up. And, <laughs> I didn't even see your foot come. You were that quick. I didn't even <laughs> see your foot. No, oh. that, that's why you were the only two guys that did it, that didn't. But yeah. That was 1991, at the workers. What else, what other funny, what other, you're a oh, bastard, mate, John. Like, There's got to be some... There's been uh, a big fight down in Jindabyne in, when the uh, when the Snowy River Hydro was on and Ray Mitchell, uh, you know, a uh, uh, legend in the game. Uh, and uh, he was refereeing and Ray sort of was... Bless his heart, the one Ray had a fairly decent size to go, uh, but you know he could always sort of go. They could never put anything over on me. I you know I, I know when there's a work, and uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes they're necessary. Mickey Fernandez and Normie Miller were two of the greatest uh, ten fighters that you'd ever see. Good, good guys. You know, they can they can uh, they can box, but they were regularly thrown in together to fill a card and. They were entertaining. They were up and down like a hail of straws, like it sort of, um, you know. Uh, and this particular night, um, they're up, down, up, down. This is down. All these guys from the Snowy River, they're outdoor fight. Make a coomer, them on. And I'm sitting right underneath. Um, I used to go down there for business, and uh, uh, I'm at a point of being there for this particular fight. I'm sitting roughly underneath Mickey Fernandez's corner, so the end of a certain round. Mickey's, Mickey's hits the floor and rolls over, staggers up. Um, Normie puts another one on him and down that went across the bell rings and they drag Mickey back to his corner. Ray's looking very concerned. Comes uh, comes over and he sticks his head between the things. Mickey's laying back in the chair, his eyes closed, looked like, looked like he, was, he was gone forever. And Ray said, Mickey, Mickey, are you okay? Mickey, Mickey opened one side and said, uh, I can't use the word he said, but let's say it's off Ray would, 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 be, would be adequate. And uh, it, it, shattered, it, it shattered everybody there because sort of it was, it came out so loud, so clear, and Ray was absolutely shattered. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, he honestly thought Mickey was, uh, Mickey was, uh, was, was seriously hurt. But, um, yeah. yeah, funny, the funny things are, uh, you, you, know, be, um, you know, you could we could talk all day about this. Now, oh, the, the next one, um, what's you, you'd have to have a you could rattle off a few. What's what's some of the far, funniest characters that have stood oh, out in the I, past and to this day? Well, you know, um, a lot of them. You know, in, in the days of 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 past on, Desi Boyd, who was a judge oh, in Sydney, and in my guy. opinion, probably the best judge, uh, the best judge in, around the game at that particular time. Desi uh, was was a fun guy. You know, if you went to, went to the conventions, and Desi would assume the role of the great um, Australian ocker and you know uh, he, he had you know entertained him with rhyming slang. And but but well, 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 Desi, lovely guy, really. He and I had more arguments than I ever had with my missus. <laughs> um, but but um, you know he'd fly off the handle and 
write all sorts of things on uh, Facebook. But, um, you know, uh, we, we always had respect for each other and uh, I must admit the same guy <coughs> when my wife died that Desi um, travelled, he wasn't well, he probably came down to the funeral and sort of, uh, you know, any any sort of problems between us had long been forgotten. But he was a funny guy. Carmen Basilio <coughs> in America, and Carmen's passed away, Carmen would take the stage, at, and he was in his 80s, take the stage, all those hard fights, 12, 14 fights a year, um, fought the, the cream of the crop. He would come on the stage and they'd interview him and he'd start telling dirty jokes. And they couldn't get him off. Uh, <laughs> you know, joke, and he's a, never told the same joke twice. Yeah, you know, uh, just there, there, there were characters. Ray Mitchell was a character in yeah. his own right. I met Ray. Alan Moore is still in there today. Alan, yeah. uh, Alan uh, you know, uh, is a real fun lover at, at, uh, to this day. But, you would have met you know, some. We talked to Alan on the phone. We always put on a, on a squeaky voice and say, we're coming, I thought we were calling. Well, Alan slipped him one in the you know, <coughs> where, uh, when he won the world away time. But, uh, you know, it was a... He himself was a, was a really funny and Bernie Hall was a character. Oh, um, yeah. He used to name his name the fight, just give him a false name, like the big hit for you that's playing him Paul Bearer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he'd uh, have him done up like a, uh, uh, you know, like a, uh, a body in a, in a, you know, in a, in a coffin type of yeah. thing. He'd have makeup on. Um, he, he went, uh, one of the names he gave was named that one, Sharky Raymond. Sharky yeah, he's a character. He's uh, the American Negro, Sharky Wright. And, uh, you know, uh, Ramon out of Mexico uh, because of the great Mexican fighters. But he had a lot of his There was a black came, black called, he called Sue, when that song, A Boy Named Sue, was about. And uh, he, uh, I remember him saying one night, she a great gimmick, that Sue. And what a bloody video you can't fight. And, uh, and, you know, he was a character. He was, he'd jump up and down one day and pat you on the back uh, the next. Uh, but he, he was a, he was a character. And, have you, um, and, uh, have you ever thought about writing a book? I'm sitting here and I've just got a text message. This, this guy should write a book. You ever thought about writing a book, John? Um, Arnold Thomas has been going to me to write the book, but I've always said, sort of, if I was to write a truthful book, you know, I'd be dead before the book. You know, we're the best 10 minutes on the shelves. Mate, we're coming, but, um, we're coming to a... Well, we've got a couple of more. Oh, this is... Uh, you probably wouldn't... You've seen that many. You've witnessed so many bouts. Does any stand out? Well, you know, for, let's say for, for quality, for a start, um, the first big bout, major bout, you know, that I was uh, privy to be able to go to as a fan, Burns Patrick, that was so big. Yeah, time. Burns and Patrick. The wow. war was over. Wow. We were gradually coming back to normal. That was the biggest sports event for many, many yeah. years. It was it was fabulous. It, uh, there were 14,000 odd in the stadium, packed around the wreck, around, standing around the walls. The fire had broken out. Half of the people would have been killed because there was no no real way out. Yeah. But other about, you know, Burnsville um, was on the surface of it, just going to be a good fight. Turned out to be, um, you know, a barn murder. It, uh, it's, it's the best fight yeah. as such I've ever seen. Uh, Australia, you talk about two hard fights. Um, Dominic May and, and 
You don't have to be a top name, mate. It, we're all fighters. You, you, you know but, what I mean. You know, others, others, um, the Green Mundine fight in Sydney was a Another big event. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have its problems, but there's been a couple of couple of quickies in in, uh, in getting to the end of it. Uh, the view for the to fight at Parramatta Stadium. Oh. Uh, you know, where the cost was defending the world title, <clears throat> and uh, I got appointed uh, by the IBF virtually overnight. Uh, the, the, they, were, they were forced to try and fly another supervisor in. Um, I never had a supervisor from the, from the home country, but he, uh, the second supervisor was halfway to Australia when the plane broke down, couldn't make it, so he, uh, Bobby Lee rang and said, you know, will, will you do it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, with virtually no nights, no, no sleep, we had the rules meeting in the morning, and, uh, and uh, the fight started at two in the afternoon. Uh, Billy Mails, I went back to Billy's place, calling me to sleep, he, he and I went, the forecast was for a big storm, and it was spot on, but we got there and the program started. The next thing I've got the Argentina, the, well, where was he from Venezuela or somewhere, and when his trainer comes and says, we are not going to fly. And the TV's already started at 2, 2 3.30 in the afternoon, and there's the main event saying they're not going to fight. So uh, I have to get him and Rad Wharton together, and we were sitting away in, a, in a, another stand to the side, uh, and... I managed to con them into it, con them, and, and reach a, a compromise that they would go ahead with the fight. They would meet with Rand Morton the next day, and we'd, they, we, you know, had to be there as well, sort out, sort out the problems that they were complaining about. But then, you know, with a couple of fights to go, that if you were there, Paul, you probably were, the storm hit, it blew the light bulbs out above the ring. People were diving under the ring in amongst all the wires. TV people are trying to get them out. The swing saturated. We had a reserve uh, canvas that had to go on. And you wouldn't believe it. The wind changed. The storm came back and did exactly oh, the same thing, yeah. you, know, you know, in the second week. And as <clears> everybody was connected with the fight, absolutely soaked yeah. in the skin, absolutely drenched. And, uh, you know, then... Uh, young Ernie McQuillan jumps in, uh, jumped in the ring, 
take some photographs, gets back out of the rig and somebody's half pitched $5,000 worth of his lenses and uh, special uh, special equipment that he needed. Um, everybody disappears. Uh, they walk back to Reading Hill for the, uh, for the night out. Uh, Billy Miles and I are still together. We brought our wines along. <laughs> and, uh, they were just as wet as we were. Yeah. And uh, then the two judges from America come up and say, well, you know, we want our money. I said, you've got your money. You've got your, you've, you've been paid. Don't come to the little prawn. And I said, but, you know, he did not pay, you know, uh, the, uh, the rather like sort of state coming from Tamworth to Sydney Airport. Uh, their their airfare was had been covered from Sydney to Sydney to wherever, but not their internal flights. So I, mean, I finished up. I finished up borrowing a uh, you know from a couple of people I know a couple hundred dollars to get them off the hook. And uh, at the end of the night, we were sitting out having a cup of cup of tea, and Billy Billy starts to laugh, and he said, "What a bloody night! What a, what a night!" He he refereed the fight. He said, there's everybody connected with the fight. They're all out at Rudy Hill. It is our party, after party. We were at McDonald's having a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, we're, we're running in the, They've given me another five minutes here. I, I knew this had mate, happened. Mate, I'll, I'll, no, mate, I'll, I'll, there's something else I didn't know about you. We, I didn't know you were a race walker and you were very yeah, successful mate, in many events. Was, uh, yeah, and yeah, that's, and, that's and, I didn't, and I didn't know you were an official in the Olympics. You're an official no, in the Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth Games, sorry. Which games? Which games were you uh, an official? Christchurch in about 74. Yeah, that I is was supposed to go to. I was supposed to work the Olympics in Munich. Yeah, um, I could see you doing that. The, yeah, well, the company, the company I worked for, I was uh, sales manager, and uh, they, uh, it was coming up to our busy time of year. And, uh, it, um, you know, they tell you, it's going to be right. You can, you know, you can have six weeks off. I'd never been overseas at that stage. And uh, we were on the, uh, obviously, on, on a charter flight uh, with, the, with the Australian officials and that to go. And well, I was able to, you know, buy a ticket for uh, by my wife. And, uh, and the wife said, mate, I, you know, seriously, uh, you know, I can't, I, you, you can't go, I can't be without you. So I had to pull out of that, which sort of, yeah. um, you know, uh, then, then uh, first trip was to New Zealand in uh, 74. Uh, but after that, mate, I sort of... Um, I, I, we got taken with travelling and for the finish, yeah. I sort of had doing like 22 trips to the States. Yeah. Oh, did points in, in Thailand and, and, and travel. But yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I thought I was going to get to the Olympics as a race walker, but yeah. mate, when, you're, when, I, when, I, when I sort of was doing it, I was trying to. Every Monday night was reserved for Sydney Stadium, yeah. irrespective. No yeah. dates, no, no nothing. Monday yeah. night at the, at the fights. But, um, you know. I was never the greatest trainer in the world, and uh, mm. I finished like fourth or something in the fifty-two okay. Olympic trial. Yeah. I thought, you know, I'll make the fifty-six team, but I didn't really put the effort in, and yeah. uh, so uh, that was it. But mm. I enjoyed it. Very, Got to put that effort in, mate. Sure, what I've officially with them. Mm. Just a quickie. Um, I'd have to, you know, I'd, I'd have to mention the World War Three at the Opera House. As, you know, you talked about memorable fights. Yeah. You know. Uh, Tommy Redonica, so when you said oh. funny people, Tommy Redonica would be one of the one of the greatest characters, great great <coughs> great to be promoted and called it World War Three. Well, well, that's one bloke I'd love to meet. But like the like Billy Billy Snedden, who was the speaker of the house, it was a paper of the ANBF, and um, he was he did, he contacted us and said I'm coming to the, I'm coming up for this con- contest, and uh, sort of. 
And Tommy, you know, like Tommy spoke, that'll be real you did. Um, you know, yeah, I'll be sure we sweet. So, uh, morning, of a, morning of a fight, Tommy, Tommy uh, had to take me the night before. He said, May it's in the morning. He said, you know, can you pop in in the, in the morning? I'll be at the such and such, mate, still at Waterloo. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we get there, we, we sort of, yes, we said, Mr. Mr. Redonning, he said, you know, I'm doing number, whatever. Open the door and there's, there's Tommy and a fleeting glimpse of some bird wearing little or nothing. And uh, we, we sit there and Tommy's completely in the, in the mix and I'm going over these things. And I said, now, mate, you know, you've got to tighten the program tonight because you'll have to be at the door to, to uh, you know, greet the speaker of the house was probably the third most important politician in the country. He said, oh, no, he can even find his money way in. says, Tommy, like, you know, he's like, oh, he's got his way in. I said, mate, mate, you, you asked for this. And like, you know, You've got to look out. And I said, you've got to conduct him and his party to suit to their seats. And I said, well, what's your mind? Seats. And I said, he's got his secretary. He'll have a couple of um, bodyguards from one of the better expressions and stuff. Ah, oh, bugger them. They can't have to buy their tickets. You know, uh, this, this was sort of going around in the mind all day. Oh, my God, it's going to be a great disaster. And unfortunately, uh, the, uh, the house was late in the city. And um, his secretary rang and said, we're terribly sorry, but Mr. Sneddon won't be able to make the, make the fight. Well, you know, I was never, never more relieved in my life, but somebody wasn't going to go, beat the way going to make it. But it, we get up and there's, there's in a special little, little section, sort of just a little bit of height above the ring. And I've got a couple of, couple of the people from the Ministry of the, uh, the, of the State Government, Deputy Director of Sport, and we're all, all there, and I'm sort of there. I think at this time I was... Uh, you know, I was the chairman of the advisory committee. And um, the main, uh, the second fight gets in, second uh, semi-minor gets in the ring. It's uh, Kenny Salisbury and um, uh, Alex Temelkoff. Well, you know, it's on YouTube. If people haven't seen it, you, <laughs> you'll watch it. You know, there was a lot of men, a lot of money on the fight, a lot of, lot of feeling about the fight. Just, <clears throat> again, the fighters get in the ring. Tommy jumps out, runs up, comes up to me. He's got his new down football blazer, and he said, "Oh, Mac, can you uh, now? Yeah, mind that, mind me blazer, mate." And yes, just sort of so I put it on the chair and between my feet. Tommy gets back in the ring, and the next thing I'm, I see them pointing and uh, uh, demonstrating with Tommy. Tommy gets out of the ring, comes all the way back, picks his blazer up, puts it on my lap, and says, uh, <clears throat> "You know, mate, mind me blazer." I said, "I am. It's not going anywhere." He says. There's fifty six thousand dollars in the pocket. You're over the bet, and you know I, I knew nothing about him. That money drawn up, and uh, the one of the one of the ministries sort of customary, and you know chairman of the government committee to be holding the bets. And I said, mate, you know you know as much about it as I do. I said, you know, no, it's not. But we had the we had the manager of the the opera house come around, and the opera house was packed. And he was over the moon. Oh, I hope we can have more of these sort of yeah. promotions. <laughs> I hope we can have more of these. This is the biggest crowd ever in the Opera House, blah, blah, blah. And we congratulated. Anyhow, um, we all know, uh, you know, uh, with the, oh, eight, nine, ten, somewhere around like that. Um, Bernie reaches in and grabs, uh, I think Alex Timberlake might have bothered Ken, and Bernie reaches through, grabs, uh, grabs Timberlake's feet, um, Alex Timmelkoff's brother comes flying across the ring with a fire <laughs> dropkick. 
and it's on to the young and old. There's people fighting everywhere. And as somebody said, you know, all the people that, that can, can, can fight are outside the ring, all the people that can't are in the ring. <laughs> it was... It was chaos. I had I had um, I had Sharky Raymond on here over a year ago, and he said he, his daughter says she's become more famous about the how many YouTube's it hits that Opera House brawls got. Well, that's right. It was and a dad. Was, I love how Sharky held in that uh, he was a referee. Uh, I love Sharky how he held in that the, the cornerman. He let him go. Alex Tibble cross <laughs> battle. But the manager of the, and it went on. The main fight was I think Feeney and uh, Paul Ferrari for the Commonwealth title, <clears throat> but it was punctuated all through with bodies rolling down yeah. the steps and it carried on up in the bleachers yeah. it carried on outside and the manager of the opera house he came and Said he no gave more. the government bloke family a nice old serve <laughs> you people are just animals you're animals <laughs> you'll never get into the opera house Move. and Moving along, we've got to move along, John. They're giving me the nod here. Um, another thing, another. now we're, we're going to come to an end here. Jack Johnson, mate, you walked into the change room. What was Jack Johnson doing, mate, before oh, or after the fight? We I can't say. Is that shocked Shall we say Jack Johnson was, uh, I left my briefcase in there, <laughs> a work briefcase for Saint Shall we say that Jack Johnson was engaged in a... Um, uh, somewhat intimate situation with, uh, with one of the round car girls or young ladies. <laughs> Say no and, more. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I picked up my briefcase and sort of sang it out and they both said, good night, John. Mate, I just, um, um, yeah. I just reading some comments here on Facebook. Good mate of yours, Dino Billinghurst. John is a fabulous man. He's a book of knowledge and a fantastic listening to his boxing stories and insights. He loves to catch up with you. You know, when Harris Dino's Morse puts on the boxing at his place to pay for views, You've, he's done yeah. much for our great sports and he, he's looked forward to listening to this interview. And, John, we're going to cut it there. I'm going to sign out with John. Yep. I'll, never, f- like, I'll never like forget your smile, mate. We're going we're gonna to end it off here. I'll never forget your smile when you entered the change rooms to sign off the gloves, mate. <laughs> well, it was, a, it, was, it, was, it was something that I, that I loved uh, at 12... I'm coming up 90 and uh, I still enjoy the game as much, yeah. as, as, much as ever. It's not perhaps quite the showpiece that, uh, that it used to be. But, we're um, missing people if, like if you, we mate. Some, some sense into the combat sports mm. people and they can, uh, you know, they can help build the sport yeah. uh, rather than destroy it. And I, uh, I just want a big thank you to Harris Moores. He helped me out with these questions. He's a good mate of yours and um, Charlie, mate Charlie Lucas He's helped me out with a few too. He's doing videos for Harris when he was going to school, and yeah, uh, you know, he told me. Uh, good, a good man, and tell you what, there's no better no, no better knowledge and brain in boxing than Harris for Yeah, okay, John. Did I say I'm that just right, Harris. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get going, John. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks a lot, Johnny Macca McDougal. See you, buddy. Bye, bye, mate.